Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and motherfuckers around the world. Welcome to another edition of One Day Closer to Dead. I am Dave Beaudry. And I am Jason Bailey. And Jason, how is life a-treating you, my friend? It's pretty damn good. Well, it's okay. Um, The thing is that summer has started now. James is out of school, so I got my little monkey with me all the time now, which is great because it doesn't involve Zoom school like the last time I had him with me all the fucking time. So now it's just, you know, it's just daddy daycare and we just have fun all day long. So there's no real plans during the day. We make things up as we go along, which is uh, which is awesome. So we, we set up a rubber band gun gallery, shooting gallery today, and uh, shot up the uh, the place. So, it you know, little things like this. It just, uh, it, it's daddy heaven. So that it's good times here. Is uh, is nap time ever ever a part of that uh, no. equation? Oh, God. James hasn't taken naps since he was like three or four. No, if if he takes a nap, it's to or fro someplace in the back seat. It's it's there's no fucking naps. And uh, no, I'm, I meant for dad, not for James. Oh no, you just that's just caffeine. You just power through. There's no sleep is uh, optional when you're a dad. It's just uh, it's like it's like candy. You'd like to have it. But you don't need it to survive, so it's it's not like cotton things. candy though, because that is an entirely different conversation. It truly is, yes, absolutely. But um, so that's going okay, and uh, we had some uh, great feedback from the last episode. Uh, kind of a um, troublesome, depressing topic about uh, the rise of alcoholism during cotton candy, but a lot of people did. Uh, reach out and say without too many specifics, which of course I'd never asked for any, uh, just saying that it helped them and that they related greatly and they're going through some struggles of their own. And it was a, a good motivator. And also it helped them realize many, many, many people out there were going through the same things that they were. So that was really cool because that was the whole point of that discussion is just to let everyone know and not some schmucky, schmarmy, you know, hashtag way that we really are all in this together. And uh, part of that is how we coped with being exiled and bored and lonely uh, for the last year. So I'm glad that maybe uh, helped some people out. And uh, yeah, it was, was really good. We also got a, a great picture from one of our platinum listeners, Dave Ohalvo, the wonderful host of Nothing Left to Lose podcast. And he sent a, a wonderful picture of himself with the big gold belt all uh, all cut up, man. He, he looks great. I got total man crush on Dave, man. Total. And he just looks amazing with the belt that was designed by Reg Park and uh, made famous by Ric Flair, Harley Race, and Dusty Rhodes. So, uh, awesome. Thank you very much for that pick. We really do appreciate it, Dave. It, it reminded me of, or that story reminds me of one of my favorite memories of WonderCon years ago. Uh, you know, one of the interesting things about going to those conventions a lot of times is you'll see cosplayers interacting with each other kind of in character from their respective universes. Like, you'll, you know, I saw, like, Alien get into a, a tussle with a Predator, like, good-natured, you know, like, stuff like that. And one of my favorite, most random interactions I have ever seen, I wish I had gotten it on film, was when a Ric Flair cosplayer... With the robe, you got. He had a blonde wig. He had the big belt around his waist. Uh, ran into Black Panther, and Panther didn't really say much, but he didn't need to because Flair was doing all of the talking. 
And without missing a beat, the Flair cosplayer pointed right at him and said, You may have vibranium, but I got 10 pounds of gold. Woo! And I fucking died, man. It was one of the funniest goddamn things I'd ever seen. Yep. It's a lot better than the cosplay interaction that I heard about. And one of the uh, wonderful comic cons in San Diego I went to, uh, one of the girls we were with uh, dressed up as Sailor Moon uh, got away from us and was being chased by a gaggle of Klingons. Uh, she made it out okay, but uh, it was a little scary there for a second when the Klingons went after an anime icon of sexuality. So thank God that went the right way. But uh, these interactions, they can be good or they can get completely out of hand. Cosplay. Uh, <laughs> That's a dumpster fire segment in and of itself. No in some shit. Let's bring way, in the fucking furries. So, well, we're not talking about your webcam, Jason, but uh, <laughs> another thing another thing I would ask, you and I had talked about, I think we mentioned it briefly on air, but uh, I know we, we talked about it more after one of the one of the shows, is you had talked about possibly you were going to be getting an, an updated game console, but you'd still stay one generation behind. So you yeah. were looking at possibly getting, I believe, a, a PS4. Am I correct on this? That's right. Yeah, I was, I've been looking all around because the PlayStation 3 I've had for the last 50 years it's uh all sorts of shits going wrong the kryptonian chips in it are failing and they're not selling shit and it's all sorts of bad but yeah i i was either thinking about xbox or maybe ps4 or, or something like that yeah okay so the decision has not been made yet and it's still... not yet okay i i will say i will make a recommendation on air, not for the system right now. I, that that gets people get crazy when you start talking about the, you know, whether you should go Sony or Microsoft or the Switch or whatever the fuck. I'll I'll let you figure that out. But uh, if you go PlayStation or Xbox, there is a recent release that I would recommend that you pick up. I have only just recently started playing it myself, but I definitely think it is very much in your wheelhouse. And I want to see if you have any familiarity with it. Dozens, uh, send your feedback to Mr. Bailey if this is a, a subject. That, that you also have any interest in. It is the recently released legendary edition of a trilogy known as Mass Effect. Are you familiar? I've heard of Mass Effect. I, I think I've seen some clips of it, like people playing it online or something like that. But no, I have, my myself have never played it. Okay, I have only played a little bit of like the second one and and enjoyed it, but never really got fully into it. But uh, you know, for reasons, I picked up the legendary edition, and um, you know, thus far, I'm very early in the the first one, but I'm totally digging it. But the main thing is, I think with your sensibilities and your how you're a fan of you know obviously Star Wars and Star Trek and just the the lore building and the characters and stuff, like if you pick up either a, an Xbox One or a PS4, both of them can play that game or the trilogy of games in the one the one package. I definitely think, and dozens again chime in if you agree, I, I think one of your early uh, gets should probably be Mass Effect Legendary Edition and uh, give that a go. Because I think from a story standpoint, it, it speaks to the things that warm the cockles of your heart. Well, I certainly will. I mean, I've got uh, some some connections to the GameStop, uh, the GameStop like uh, people all around this area, the the store managers, and they're always like texting me when something new comes in that they think I'm interested in. And just like everything else in my life, I have this wish list that I never I never purchase anything because I'm fucking cheap. 
And, um, but yeah, I think it's going to, you know, break down eventually where I get something, but James and I actually really do enjoy like the create a wrestler, create a character. We'll spend hours just with a big thing of popcorn, just creating stuff that come to our head. Then we'll play with the character for like an hour and be like, well, that was cute. But I mean, the, the whole thing is we like creating shit too. So, I mean, it's, it's a very weird thing that, uh, James and I bond on is thinking up characters and then making them in, in game. So in yeah, that's kind of a cool thing too. I, I would also recommend then WWE 2K19. Yeah. I will again specify 19, <clears throat> not 20, not 18, not 2020. Well, there was no 2021, not 2022. 2K19 is yeah. a very good game with a very good creation suite. I uh, I would recommend that highly if that is your if that is in your your wheelhouse as far as uh, creating characters and then just fucking around with them. Well, honestly, I mean, you know, I'm, we're going to get off this real quick, but there's a, a high fascination uh, the older I get with creation of a world, characters. And just getting the fuck out of the real world completely. And I'm not even a gamer. I'm not talking about there being some achievement to get or collecting coins or fighting people across the earth online. I mean, somehow making a universe, right? And then like taking my consciousness and shoving it into the computer, sort of like making my own matrix and never fucking coming back. Like ever. That's sort of what I would really like to just end my life on. And so I'm, I'm very interested in the creation of characters and worlds that has zero to do with fucking fighting anybody or anything like at all. If, if there, there is a, a strong fascination, like I watch like black mirror and shit, yeah. right? They've had episodes that are close to the, what I'm thinking in my head, where you become a fucking character in virtual reality of some universe that you control and you're like God of your own story. And you I mean, it's never why I write. Back. It's why I write. It's why no, I, I have to come well, back. listen, it's <laughs> why I like to, I like to act. I like to be other characters and shit like that. But the deal is Dave, like, that's not, I'm not even bullshitting. This isn't like a funny ha ha thing. Cause I've no, said this to people and they're like, that's fucking sad, Jason. I'm like, well, you have your thing. I have mine. I mean, no. it's just like, I look at it like if I could create people who died, like if I could bring Grandpa Jim back somehow, I would. I straight up would Anakin Skywalker some shit up and like sell my soul to the dark side of the force. Totally. And I, I fell in love with a comic book story when I was a kid. I had Machine Smith in it, right? And Machine Smith was going to, he's a Captain America villain. And okay. he's fighting Captain America. Uh, at the end of it, Captain America accidentally, quote unquote, kills him. But really, it's a robot. And Machine Smith has been dead biologically for fucking years. But he figured out a way to, to have his consciousness put into a computer program. And all his robots he built for years on end had the directive to never, ever let him die. Never. So they've been backups of his consciousness made up robots of him this whole thing and he tricked captain america into coming in and and hurting him and his base so badly that it would ultimately kill him forever there would be no coming back so it's like suicide by captain america and i was probably four five six years old when i read this i still have this story but in my head as i've gotten older i'm like yeah i like that 
I like that shit. Just I wouldn't use Captain America to do anything bad. I just keep on rolling with clones of me. So the thing is, when I got into I mean, it worked for the em- it worked for the Emperor in Rise of Skywalker. Now oh, fuck the Emperor and fuck Rise <laughs> of Skywalker. But I mean, the thing is, like, literally creating characters of my friends and shit, and then controlling them and having them do what I want them to do, and enemies and the I fucking love this. Like my megalomania is on all fucking. It's firing on all cylinders. Like. That girl should have dated me. We'll make that girl and she'll date me. That motherfucker should have died by an axe. He'll die by a fucking axe today. This stuff is totally appealing to me to live in Jason world where I just boom. And there's that one fucking episode of Black Mirror where the dude's basically Captain Kirk. He's basically Captain Kirk and has recreated a universe where he is Captain Kirk. That's what I want to do. And it's, he's totally the villain in the piece. That's what I want. I want, like, I'm Batman forever. This is how this is all going to go, and I don't want to know the difference anyway. And it's funny that I'm this passionate about it because I'm not a fucking gamer. Like, I literally don't get into this shit because I'm like, I want to conquer something or win jewels or play against... That's not it at all. I want it to be so virtual reality user-friendly that I can, like build parts of my past or parts I've never even been to like you know Paris 1918 and fucking be there for a few years by the way thank you Paris for being our third listen to fucking city we love you but I mean you understand what I mean it's like something that and then James must be the same way because he'll go what if we created something like Pikachu but he's a warrior from the like the medieval ages like He-Man and I'm like, that's fucking stupid, James. I don't use fucking. But I'm like, that's really stupid, James. And he's like, no, but I think we can do it, Dada. I'm like, I think we can too. And then I just go crazy and we start building Pikachu that goes and battles people in fucking He-Man time. So I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where it's highly fascinating to me where technology's going. But the more I deal with people and the public, I can't fucking stand them. I really can't. And that's, I mean, that's just the fucking truth. Put me with one-on-one with a couple people, no problem. But lots? Oh, fuck no. Oh, fuck no. And watching the news that we have to comment most of the time on this fucking show, it's even worse because you have to investigate people around you. You're like, this is fucking horrible. 2021 is just as bad as it was in 2000. This is a decade ago. This is two decades ago. This is a score ago. But in this fucking idea of creating my own fucking universe... This shit's highly appealing, highly fucking appealing to the point where Joey once said, and he's right, if there was a, a holodeck, that it, that's it. That's the end of the, it's the end of civilization because everyone would go make their own universe because it's too fucking addictive not to. Have you ever done any reading on lucid dreaming? I can lucid dream. How frequently? Uh, probably once a week. I, and, and by the way, I had to, I had to kind of get up and running and train myself on that shit. Well, yeah, it's uh, most people do. It's not something that comes yeah. uh, naturally. But uh, so, what, do you have a particular go-to as far as how you spend your time? If it's not something that would be saved for the webcam, a lot. Uh, oh. well, the, I did have one of those last night. We won't go into that. No, no, no. But, uh, I don't need to know. The- <laughs> uh, but the thing, I I do have one. Uh, there's a a wrestling one where I'm in the NWA in about the late. 1980s mid late 80s and i'm and i'm in that a lot that fucking thing as a wrestler or what as a a wrestler as a fucking wrestler yeah totally like it's a whole separate life 
And I've, <laughs> I've done that for since the late nineties. I started developing that one. Yeah. I mean, I'm in front of the cardboard fucking world championship wrestling or world-class wrestling, whatever that fucking cardboard shit that Ric Flair would cut all his promos. I'm there. Oh, I'm yeah. fucking doing the promos and I'm in the ring with like a hundred locals watching. And it's are like, you, are, it's heaven. Are you Jason Bailey or do you have a, do you have a stage name? No, in the, in the dream, I'm Jason Bailey. A lot of times it goes by Buzz Bailey, but that's a character I created when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. The alpha male Buzz Bailey, a goddamn good name. There you go. <laughs> See, you learn something new every week. Dozens. That's why we bring America's favorite niche podcast to you. There you go. Jason's fucking crazy. Chapter 16. We're, I mean, it's, it's not on the docket for today, but I think we sh- we should do a, a segment on lucid dreaming one of these days. It'd be interesting. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right. But in the meantime, Jason, <clears throat> yeah, we are both unfortunately awake as far yeah, as we know. We are. I think so. And yeah. this could be a simulation. And therefore, well, we've talked about that before too. And therefore the world is a dumpster fire. Did you know that? I do. Did you know why? It truly fucking is. And there are so many ways in which the world is a dumpster fire that we could almost say that the true underlying reason is unidentified. Hmm. Jason, what would you like to talk about today? Well, this is something that I alluded to probably for the last year and a half, but it's finally so prevalent in in media out there, at least right now, due to CBS and 60 minutes for sure is, and what's happening next month, New York times before that, but yeah, yeah, is, is that it's just time to get into some things that I've always thought about always have. And, and is now becoming more, I guess there's less skepticism to the whole thing. And, uh, I guess what I'm alluding to and what I want the, the, the listeners out there to know the faithful dozens is I'm a large believer here physically a large, you know, believer that we have these, uh, the UFOs or the unidentified flying objects, but they're known as something else now, I guess, by the government as UAPs. And that's unidentified aerial phenomenon. Okay. UAPs. And the thing is that there is so many reports over the last several decades going back that have been visually documented, have been corroborated by several witnesses uh, unrelated to each other, both governmental or local, uh, you know, defense, local police, whatever, whatever you want to say, just civilians who have seen these UFOs, that it's highly interesting to me. It always has been since I was a kid. It's highly interested to Joe Baca, by the way. And it was even very interesting to my grandfather too, who was the first point of contact I had with this information. And, um, for a split second, I thought you were going to say first point of contact <clears throat> with an alien. <laughs> well, it could be, you never know. We could all be fucking aliens. It's, it's all up in the air, but at any rate, uh, it came to light. Um, I think last year or the year before that there was a top secret undercover Pentagon, uh, group of people that were actually, had a slush fund of $22 million being paid to them to still investigate UFOs. Or, and, and there's the official name with it. I know that it was uh, Harry Reid that got it going. It was A-TIP, A-A-T-I-P, and it's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification 
program. Uh, just the tip, that was folks. It. Just the tip. Yeah, just the tip of it, please. It's it's not cheating then. And the thing is that uh, this was all brand new news to everyone when this finally came out in the budget. They're like, "What's this twenty-two million? What is this going for? What are you doing?" It's it's no different than what Project Blue Book was, and I'll get into that pretty soon. It's a group of investigators, very good at what they do, still investigating unidentified phenomenon that the government, the military, simply could not explain away in any capacity, and it was getting fucking worse. Because in the early 2000s, after 9-11, our tech for, you know, basically infrared and all sorts of different variations of radar really, really stepped up to the point that video could be taken of any of this phenomenon that was really hard to get uh, before 2000. And there started to be many, many recordings from both the Navy and the Air Force of phenomenon in the air that they just could not explain. Ships that were going like super fast out of nowhere without any acceleration. They could just go from point A to point B almost in teleportation. Some of it was seen with the naked eye. There was no sound. It gave off no discernible sound. There was no propulsion. There was no direct way of figuring out how it was propelling itself. And as this interest grew and this investigation started again, it's finally gotten to the point where tucked away and a lot of the bills that were going through and finally it got passed is that the Department of Defense, the Pentagon, they have to release this information next month of what they've discovered, what they have on record about these aerial phenomenon that they cannot explain to the Senate. The Senate is going to, to actually get this information. At the same time, you know, there was someone working for this, uh, this group of people in the Pentagon under this ATIP situation. His name was, uh, I think his name was, uh, I think Lou Elizondo, Lou, Lou Elizondo, I believe is his name. And he said he was the one that leaked the three videos that are very popular all over the internet right now of things that the Navy air, you know, Naval aviators took this video of. And you can watch it online right now on all, basically almost all mainstream media. And there's just no explanation for it at all. Zero. Okay. And what it's finally come out to is the CBS, the, six, the 60 minute report just last week, where it is absolutely phenomenal. You should definitely watch this fucking thing because it's people who are in the know to explain very clearly that they do not want you, you know, to have to come out and say this. A lot of them were top gun uh, naval aviators who came out and said, listen, if I had seen it just by myself, I wouldn't have said a fucking thing because I'd seem crazy. But because I saw it, you know, your, your wingman saw it and both of the gunners saw it. That's four fucking people were seeing something they could not fucking explain with their naked eyes after they had picked it up on, on the uh, infrared uh, sonars that they had and taken video of it. But and at least one of those four <clears throat> people were sober. These are some of the top people, I guarantee you, 
in the fucking world at what they do. They don't just let anyone behind these fucking these these aircrafts. But they don't let us do it. I'll they tell you certainly that much. sure as shit wouldn't let us anywhere. Nor near should they. Room. No, God, no. But the the cool thing about this is, is I asked Joey to just bring me up to speed on the history of this stuff because no one knows more about it than him at all, period, okay? And I said, just, you know, bare bones it and give me the facts. I don't I don't want to talk about fucking aliens and planets. and I, No, just tell me the bare bones of what the government has done and what they possibly have covered up and who knew what when. That's all I give a shit about. I'm not talking whether you believe in aliens, you don't, that's not it at all. What did the government do? What has the government investigated? Let me he, say, just, I'm sorry, Jason, be, before you uh, go into that, let me just say very quickly, it actually would probably be a safer alternative overall for <clears throat> the United States national interest if it was uh, alien origin as opposed to another country that has this technology that we have no idea what the fuck it is or how it works, and it's flying over military installations. It would actually probably be a safer alternative if it was extraterrestrial alone origin as opposed to if it was something under the control of another nation uh, on Earth. Side note, continue. Well, absolutely. And, you know, part of that is, is this, this aerial, they're, they're calling it like, you know, a threat, uh, because we don't know what it is. Um, when you get into it, uh, and I will, um, it's better that it, that it would be because honestly, you look at, well, what if it's China? What if it's Russia? What, what's going on? But when you look at it clearly and you just put the, put your emotions aside and look at it clearly, there simply is no tech available to any country to do the things that they're doing for decades now at all. It, it just, it, it defies right. physics. It defies our knowledge of physics. Okay. So the thing is I asked Joey to send me just a talking points thing and in total fucking Joe Baca style within 10 minutes, he had a full article that could have been published in any national newspaper. It's too long to fucking read. It's too long to fucking read, but I do want to tell you this. And I mean this, you should fucking read it. So if you guys out there, the listeners want to read the best goddamn article I've ever read on what we're talking about, it comes from our in-house production. It comes from Jobaka. I will email it to you, okay? Yes, and please do. And, and I will remind you of that later uh, in the show. But the deal is that um, I want to give off a few dates. The first thing that I can say is back in probably World War II, pre-World War II, the pilots would see unidentified objects that they simply couldn't explain. It was not any uh, aerial craft that they knew could come from a foreign country or even our country. And they started calling these crafts Foo Fighters because they just didn't know what to call it. And it was sort of this mythological thing where they go, I saw a Foo Fighter. I saw something I just can't fucking explain. They and were they also... They were also massive fans of Dave Grohl. Exactly. But, you know, they had a couple beers and went, aha, that's weird, and just walked off. But that's where a lot of, you know, the idea of the military seeing these things because of the position that they were in uh, uh, came from. One of the first major things that happened is in 1942, while World War II uh, was raging all across the planet, there was something called the Battle Over Los Angeles. The battle over Los Angeles, by many witnesses who were alive, some of them still today, saw a formation uh, of lights in the sky 
uh, over Los Angeles, much like is seen in parts of Mexico, Nevada, New Mexico, even to this day, that could not be explained away. The U.S. military, of course, responded in, in true fashion. They were like, fuck this. This isn't us. We have to go take it down because you have to realize there was always a fear that Japan would attack California. Always oh, yeah. a huge fear that they would attack um, San Diego, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. Okay. And so they went up there and in the middle of the night started just shooting off everything that they had in their arsenal uh, over, over the city of Los Angeles. It didn't seem to affect these lights at all, okay? Uh, and then after a while, I mean, I think this went on for about an hour or so, the lights simply took off. They disappeared. They went away. And that was it. The government came back and said, well, it, must, it was air balloons. We were up. We, we mistook a bunch of air balloons for, for fucking, uh, you know, uh, Jap probably Japanese fighters at the time. But many people saw it uh, in Los Angeles, <laughs> a heavily populated city even then was like, mm, that's bullshit. No, that's bullshit. I was there. I saw there's no fucking weather balloons. But anyway... After that, the next major occurrence that caught a lot of national attention where the government had to step in and, and get involved was on July 8th, 1947. I'm, I believe that's correct. Yes, July 8th, 1947, uh, the Roswell incident happened. Roswell, New Mexico, uh, by many people who, who witnessed it, said that there was a crash of some sort there and it contained material that simply did not seem of this earth. It was metal that could be crumpled up like tin foil that could uncrumple itself. Many people to this day will, will say that they saw small little men being pulled out of these things that were dead. I just want to stick to the facts and say that uh, it is known that the army came in and they took away all this evidence real quick. And then they gave the same report that it was indeed an, a crashed air balloon. Many people from this area said, this is absolute bullshit. We were there. We saw it. This is was not a fucking air balloon. And we, Ros and we Roswell, I think, is one of the most famous. When I say urban legend, I don't mean that in the sense that it didn't happen. I mean, in the sense of in public vernacular, even people that don't follow any type of um, you know, UFO, either theories or phenomenon or sightings or any of that, they know what Roswell is, mm -hmm. at least in the, in the abstract general sense, at least from a pop culture standpoint. And I think Roswell's kind of been the apex of that. Absolutely. Well, it is, it's and the area 51. Yes. Well, it's the one that has certainly the most, um, a credible witnesses there there were a lot of just regular average joe people that were saying the same fucking story about the red-headed captain that came in they, they described the man very clearly and said you know took control of the situation from the army uh got cleared the scene made sure people didn't have any of these materials in their home <coughs> collected all this shit um you know and it simply seemed insane that you know or an overreaction that the U.S. Army uh, would, would go to these lengths for a, a crashed air balloon. However, we go on to 1952, and it's the creation of something known as Project Blue Book. There was so much of an outcry uh, from America and America, you know, just the citizens of America saying there's something going on. It was five years after Roswell. People were looking up in the sky, claiming to see every single thing, you know, under the sun. In pop culture, aliens and science fiction had really started to take off in the movies. This certainly played a, a, a role in it. And also it was the start of the space race as well. So a lot of eyes and radar and ham radio operators and everything were 
were, were aiming up at the sky and, you know, claiming to see things. But there was such an outcry that it, it seemed like the American government should probably get involved. And they created Project Blue Book, once again, I said in 1952. This project went, went through all the way to 1969. Now you think about that for basically, you know, something like, I mean, what the fuck is that even? 17 years? It, it went on to study every single fucking sighting, everybody who claimed to have seen a UFO, something they couldn't, something from space. The government went through and it was thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures, photos, film stock, witnesses, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, when this thing finally ended, they concluded there's no such thing as UFOs. We could explain most of it, okay? There was about 5% of it that the that Project Blue Book simply could not explain and had credible evidence. They could not explain it away. As a matter of fact, when Richard Nixon took office for any Nixon like, marks out there like I am who study his presidency, one of the things that he was most interested in is what the fuck do we know about, um, you know, Roswell, space shit, blah, blah, blah. Trump the, actually paid lip service to that that's as well true. throughout his presidency. So did Obama, we came to find out just in the last few days. But yeah. um, he came forward, and the information that they gave him at that time is the information we're going to receive in about a month. And I'll, I'll get more into that later. But he walked in and said it. In the 1970s, two other presidents... See, I had claimed to have seen UFOs and they weren't even presidents yet. Okay. Jimmy Carter's one, Ronald Reagan's the second one. Both of them, Jimmy Carter was a civilian when he saw it. Ronald Reagan was doing some campaign thing and in the in the sky, in his fucking plane, actually fucking saw it with his entire crew up there. The, the, I think the, uh, his, his cabinet from his governorship in uh, California, which, and this is, they're not even presidents yet. Okay. It's about the only thing you might hear Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan have an agreement on. I don't know. But the, the deal is that they, they both claim and say, you know, you can say whatever you want to say, but we saw it. We, it was clear as day and have great descriptions of it and the, and the deal. And they both were UFO believers. I mean, all the rest of the rest of their lives. So, um, but at any rate, this uh, Project Blue Book also spawned uh, the side situation. I want to talk about the government more specifically of right. the of the Men in Black and the Men in Black. Yes, we all know the the movie and things like that. But the Men in Black were a a real urban legend at the time, but they were associated with Project Blue Book. And Dan Aykroyd, being the fan he is of the occult and aliens and oh, superficial his whole, his, things. His dad, as well, is, um, was a, a paranormal-like investigator. I forget his exact title, but it, that yeah. whole Aykroyd family is very big into All of it. Um, ghosts, aliens. He's basically Ray Stance in real life. So Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and the thing, by the way, just a Dan Aykroyd shout-out, he is on the cover of Cigar Aficionado this month if you want to pick up a great interview. Uh, it's awesome. But the thing is that his look and behavioral, I guess, fantasies about what the men in black were like are the Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers are basically supposed to be the men in black. And he just took the men in black look and behaviors that were explained by civilians who said that they were visited by them and turned them into blues musicians. But that's the idea of you're being visited by Jake and Elwood and they're telling you to shut the fuck up with what you know and what you saw. And that was part and parcel of the Project Blue Book is that if things got too 
um, informative or there was something that could not be explained away and someone was yelling too loud about it, the men in black showed up and basically told you in no uncertain terms, like, you need to stop talking about this for permanent, for permanent, and use psychological intimidation to make sure that that happened. And that's been cited many, many times. So, but that is where the men in black whole concept comes from because of, of Project Blue Book and, you know, the henchmen thereof. In 1989, a man by the name of Bob Lazar goes and is recruited straight out of, I believe, MIT to go work on some sort of unidentified object that was captured by the military. And he's sent out to a lab in Nevada. And it is highly compelling what this man studies. He was only allowed to work on the bottom half of a of some sort of craft. And he learned real quick that it was some electromagnetic propulsion system that had an anti-gravity situation in it. Uh, he, his his dis- description of both the lab and what he did is fucking amazing. And he's also supposed to be someone who might have actually discovered a unknown element, okay, that has anti-gravitational properties as well. He was uh, immediately shut the fuck up and erased by the government in that he even existed at all in certain capacities, certainly his education, and that he never worked on any base at all. He was the first person to say that there was clearly, uh, you know, this, this area that everyone said that did not exist, that we had talked about before, Area 51. The government denied this even existed. He said, no, it's out there, and this is where they keep a lot of the materials that they have from, I'm, you know, even he would not say UFO, but he goes, materials not from this earth that we don't know what they are. And that's where we experimented on them. But it took the, I think it was like, um, I don't know if it was the Freedom Act or something, but it took till 2013, June 2013, for the U.S. government to finally come out and say, well, yeah, there's an Area 51. Yeah, there is. And we do, you know, top secret military shit, and that's all we're fucking saying. So fuck off. But they, for after Bob Lazar came out for years, they were just like, no, we don't know who he is. We don't even know what he's talking about, blah, blah, blah. But it's highly compelling, the, the things that he has said in the past and the bother that he has gotten from the U.S. government. Even to this day, FBI raids his little electronics company looking for this, this element that is unknown that they feel that he has stolen, even though he never worked on anything his entire life. But just in case, we need to check to see if he has some alien tech hiding in his little Radio Shack wannabe situation out there. They're, they're actually just looking for a really good deal on transistors. Probably. I mean, I would. I fucking miss Radio Shack. But at any rate, we finally figured out that here Harry Reid had this entire A-tip situation going on. And that in 2017, like I said, this Lou Elizondo was, had to quit, got out of the thing. And then he took three videos with him and released it saying, here's the kind of shit we work on day in and day out. It's not 10 people who have seen this stuff. It's not 20. It's not 100. He goes, it's thousands upon thousands of people who work in the Air Force, the Navy, and NASA. Buzz Aldrin had come out many, many times saying there is shit we know we have seen and NASA doesn't want to talk about it at fuck at all, which is always why Buzz Aldrin was on the outs with fucking NASA, even though he was a goddamn hero of the Apollo missions. He was he was really on the outs because they did not want him fucking talking about anything involving this. What I want to get back to and I'll throw it back to you, Dave, is 
we have basically been told in all these reports and all these people finally coming forward that they are hesitant to call it space aliens. That is something from outer space. They say, yes, it could very well be some country on this planet or some element on this planet that can make this kind of technology that is watching our military bases, that is go, that can go underwater as fast as it can go above water. It can go into space. It can almost teleport. Here is video, you know, evidence of it. And we're all witnesses to it. Um, however, we can, we can tell you this. If it's not from space, it's also not from Earth. We don't know what the fuck this is, but it's real. It's real. And that's what Nixon was given. And basically when he took over office, they're like, Mr. President, after Project Blue Book is done, there are things that we honestly cannot tell you what it is. We, we know for a fact that it's real, but we know for also it's, it's not something a country can make. It's unidentified for a reason. So draw your own fucking conclusions, Dick. We, we really don't know, but we can tell you it ain't from fucking China. It ain't from Russia. It ain't from any, and it's not one of us. So I, that's all we can say. There's about 5% of the last 17 years that we know for a fact really happened. And we have zero explanation for you at all. Other than it didn't come from this planet. So there you go. And this is what we're going to hear a month from now is, is basically in a official way, our government saying, yes, we've studied this for decades. Yes. We've studied this for, I mean, shit. I mean, it's been since probably the forties, the thirties that we have last the last fucking century that we have. I mean, almost a hundred years now of government investigation into these phenomenon that there is zero explanation. The only difference now is because of the technology, the technological increase in everything that we have in our military uh, branches, we can take much better recordings of what they're seeing all over the place, both in space, sea, land, air, all over the place. And also got- in cell phones, it's harder. Yeah. To, it's harder to disregard the story of some dude in Kansas mm. when he's got. 1080p or 4k video of this thing streaking across the across the sky right and i have a lot more uh, i'm going to throw it back to you dave as to what you think about it i for for a fact uh believe that we are being visited they could just be probes it doesn't have to be that there's a fucking alien here themselves that there is some sort of tech that is visiting and has been visiting our planet for well forever just studying us and seeing what course we are on it seems like it's made a dramatic increase with the more technology we get and i don't know if that's because outside uh you know influencer forces want to check up on us to see that we don't fuck things up for the entire galaxy universe whatever or if it's just that we've gotten so goddamn good at detecting things that we can pick up on you know what in star trek would be you know cloaking devices or things of this nature you know what's i'm you know what's crazy and i honestly maybe on a subconscious level it popped into my head because i knew what we were going to be talking about but i didn't specifically make a a conscious connection until now but all the more reason jason you really do need to check out mass effect at some point because in its official because it takes place you know way in the future and its official lore like it deals with all of these things (laughs) 
Well, you know, the thing is, Dave, that honestly, I'm a, I'm a huge Trekkie. I'm a fucking Trekkie. I'm not yeah, a Trekker. I'm a Trekkie. I'm the original fucking nerd. Is that in First Contact, okay, um, th there's an alien civilization that's just coming by Earth, just checking on us, just checking out the solar system, just checking out the galaxy. No fucking interest at all until they get a warp signature, a warp speed signature, meaning that this planet's civilization has figured out the first building blocks of traveling faster than light. So they divert here to be like, hey, yo, it's you, you just joined the club. This is one of the tickets to get into the interstellar club. We're going we're gonna to bring you along now. And I sometimes think that even though there's these ancient alien shows and things like this, and I do believe that there's been checkups and, and there's been probes and there have been people investigating us, or I'm sorry, civilizations investigating us from afar and uh, not making themselves as known as, as, as maybe we would like is that when we started dabbling in atomics and, and, you know, basically the atomic bomb and nuclear devices and being able to split the atom, that if I was an alien civilization that had been just observing earth, this is exactly when I'd start taking notice, really start taking notice. Like, okay, well, their technology has just jumped big time on and they've, they've figured out how to do this the little monkeys figured out how to fucking do this and this is I, part of the I, intergalactic club that you have i to was just out. thinking out if, if, the, if the family dog suddenly figured out how to use the uh, firearm we would immediately have a different opinion of how this may be may be playing out or if the fucking dog figured out how to create a a generator like he said here's a here's a self-propelled electric generator we no longer need to pay for electricity wouldn't you step up and go the dog this we do we need to study the fucking dog here get the fido over here jesus christ but there's a lot of shit that in my head that i'm like click 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 i also think that post-pandemic pandemics were considered science fucking fiction until two years ago honestly it's like part it's like an asteroid's gonna hit us it's something for bruce willis to take care of but it happened and i think that it's almost there's somebody sitting behind a control panel there's somebody in some part of the pentagon or somewhere that's like civilization is finally ready for this civilization can finally be told certain fucking elements because we're, we're bringing them up to speed on big fucking concepts that they haven't thought about for a long time. I don't know. Just some stuff to throw out to you now. I think also it just got harder to hide for reasons we already talked about is the fact that, you know, it already strained credibility that you're going to tell me there's even, even if there is an infinitesimal chance of there being some sort of, you know, extraterrestrial life or advanced technology that there is a government with the capability on Earth that would not be looking for that and studying that because, you know, think of the space race. Like, if you're not first, you're last. And so if you're going to try to make the case that the United States government, even if there was, as I said, an infinitesimal chance of that being a thing, that the U.S. government would not have devoted a decent amount of resources to looking into it, I would say you're nuts. Um... So, as far as my own personal beliefs, I think the universe is far too big of a place for us to, to be the only, if you want to call us advanced, but for the purpose of this conversation, uh, you know, semi-intelligent or advanced, uh, you know, civilization or, or world with, with life on it. I think there's, the universe is far too, too large for that. Um, now, whether or not uh, there have been other civilizations that have been, for you know, close enough, per se, to, to visit... 
uh, you know, I don't know, but I think the I've always found the evidence to be certainly uh, compelling. Now, if I had to make a guess, I would say probably um, for the same reasons we already have kind of discussed. Like, yes, even if you take everything that could have a reasonable explanation, even if you just assume that whatever other explanation could be was the fact, remove all those from the table, you still have a percentage of very credible cases that don't have those types of possible explanations. Um, you know, again, hence the term unidentified. So, so I definitely think there's, there's more going on there, but I, I also think that, um, again, I think it's probably safer if we're talking about the United States interest, it's, it's probably safer in national security interests that these craft come from an extraterrestrial origin as opposed to coming from another nation somewhere on Earth and the United States is not aware of where it came from or how it was developed. That would be an absolute game changer. Personally, I, personally, I think it's Canada. But uh, yeah, It's always fucking, you blame Canada. <laughs> so, you know, do I believe in, in extraterrestrial life? Yes. Do I think they've visited Earth? Probably. Am I surprised that there was government you know, investigation into all of this that they were never forthcoming about. No, that would be like, the, it's like the secret that everybody knew because also it'd be like, y'all would be dumb if you were just ignoring all of this and being, and assuming like, Oh, it's fine. We'll let Russia and China and all the other countries on earth look into this. Well, we don't need to, 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 you know, concern ourselves with it. Get real. Like, there is not a thing that has not been studied by the government to some degree if it has not had the potential for weaponization. So, of course, they've looked into it. And, of course, they have information that hasn't been publicly released. So, yeah, I am interested to see what the, um, you know, what disclosures are forthcoming. I don't think anything forthcoming will be too typically earth-shattering or more so than the stuff that we've already gotten confirmed in the last couple months, simply because I think they, you know, I still think no matter what Freedom of Information Acts are, are, you know, submitted and approved or whatever, like, I mean, anything that they absolutely do not want the public to know, even if it's strains their credibility, they'll redact the fuck out of anything that, you know, they, they think best serves the interest. So, you know, I'm not expecting any other major revelations anytime soon, even with that report forthcoming. But I think just the fact that there has been a public affirmation from government agencies that these videos that have been released are legitimate um, and that they do not have a current realistic scientific explanation behind them. Uh, I think that is a seismic shift in how this has been treated for the entire course of human history. Um, Because I think part of the way that the government, and I I don't just mean the United States government, any government, has been able to successfully keep a lid on things for so long, um, regardless of what those things are, is they have been able to plant the social discourse that anybody discussing it is loony and nuts and not to be taken seriously. Like, they've done a brilliant public relations campaign that has painted, you know, uh, UFO, for lack of a better term, conspiracy theorists. That term itself is loaded, but, um, you know, as 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 kooks and, and just, you know, nutty. And no, no, there's nothing to see here, folks. But they've been brilliant on their messaging because that very much still has a stigma attached to it. 
But what's changing now is what you've already said, is that, you know, you have very high-ranking military authority that are now breaking ranks and actually releasing video themselves saying, yeah, this is legit and I don't know where the fuck it came from. Yeah, the, the, the really cool thing about right now is that there are politicians willing to listen uh, and there is military officials willing to tell and there is too much video evidence out there and there's just too much, you know, eyewitnesses of, of people of high caliber that are all corroborating the exact same scenario that they were in. Okay. You know what else, you know what also changes things? I think a little bit is actually now it also could be politically advantageous to be the one who is forthcoming with that information. Whereas, you know, like if Reagan tried to, to, you know, really publicly be like, I'm going to release all of this information on UFOs and stuff like there would have been a, such an incredible backlash Carter as well. Um, regardless of political party at that at that time, again, because the messaging over those types of things were so just incredibly effective. Uh, nowadays, and this is why I think Trump originally raised that possible issue, is if it is that it actually could have a political advantage if you're the one who is actually releasing you know this this information that the public has been fascinated with for so long. And as soon as it becomes politically advantageous, the odds of it happening suddenly become a lot more likely. What's interesting is, you know, the thing that a lot of UFOlogists kind of always point to Ronald Reagan is he gave a UN address one time that was in, in direct correlation. Well, I don't, I mean, I guess it's fucking spoilers, but it's comic book spoilers is the end of, of the Watchmen. How the comic book ends is, you know, he said in this UN address, like basically saying, no, none of us are getting along and none of us can get shit done globally. However, I always imagine if we were ever, you know, visited, by an outside civilization coming to our planet. He's clearly talking about fucking aliens coming down on a fucking ship, how quickly we would all get along because there would be an outside element that is not from this earth. I mean, and, that was the whole message in Independence Day as well, yeah, which we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. And the, and the thing is, that's exactly what Adrian Veet was trying to do at the end of Watchmen is bring civilization together by thinking there's an outside fucking threat coming to earth. And we, there's need always to, an other, there's and another other can unify. There you go. So anyway, that's it. But Hey guys, you know, what's interesting to me is we spend billions upon billions of dollars on everything we're doing for NASA and the SpaceX. And was there, is there molecules that show that there was life on Mars and there, you know, there's $22 million that was squirreled away to study this aerial phenomenon here on earth. And I think that there needs to be more money, technology and attention given to this matter and make it public, obviously, just like I do about asteroid collision, fucking studies and prevention as well. This is all not science fiction. This is science fact. A lot of this is, well, um, I'll say, I'll say right now, Jason, in regards to the $22 million, I would have researched it for half that price. Exactly. We could have, we they, could do it right here. If they had come to me and said, hey, here's $11 million, uh, if you could hop on Google for us and just kind of take a look around and see what you can find, I would have drafted up a, a full report. As a matter of fact, whether you're Democrat or Republican right now in D.C., here at One Day Closer to Dead, we will do that for you. As a matter I mean, of Joe fact, Baca already pretty much did. Joe Baca knows everything you guys do already, so we're already caught up to speed. I can put a suit on and black sunglasses and go intimidate the shit out of people. That'll be my job. Don't worry about it. I'll be the man in black. Yeah, no disrespect, Johnny Cash. So, I mean, but the thing is that for all you guys out there who want to look more into this, and please, at least give it a little bit of your attention because it's fucking real, is look up all the 60-minute shit that 
that has been done on CBS. It's on their websites. It's on Roku. It's on their channel. CBS is fucking everywhere with this shit right now because really 60 Minutes is a legitimate, real... One of the mainstays of American fucking journalism is 60 Minutes. And New York Times as well and New 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 Yorker as well. When they're taking it fucking seriously... It, it does lead some heavyweight credibility to the whole fucking thing. So please check out everything CBS is doing on this right now. Also, I want to throw out two things. On This is on Netflix, and it's recent stuff, so it's stuff that I'm fascinated in, and it's not hard to find. Look up Bob Lazar in your search engine. There is a documentary on Bob Lazar right now uh, on Netflix, or at least it was there. Maybe the government took that down. And then in Unsolved Mysteries on, I believe, their first season, they talk about this phenomenon of seeing lights in the sky up in, I believe it's the Massachusetts area. I think I'm getting it right in the late fifties, early sixties and how an entire, this entire area saw the same thing, witnessed the same thing, didn't know each other at all and kept quiet about it for fucking decades until coming back together and all figuring out they witnessed and was, were involved in something very, very unbelievable and phenomenal because of this. That's on Netflix right now. And these are regular everyday people that you'd go to work with, people you'd have a coffee with, people you'd get drunk with. I am telling you, it is some compelling eyewitness stuff. So if you just look up those three things to bring you up to speed and kind of what we were talking about here, please. And also, and I cannot stress this enough, so it's a little goody, a little goody basket prize for you. If you contact us and give me your email, I will send you Joe Baca's wonderful dissertation on what the government knows. And I'm telling you, it is highly informative. It is bare bones just with facts. There's no opinion in it whatsoever. It's just what, what it is. And that will help you uh, possibly know what we're talking about. Maybe it'll make you a believer or a skeptic in the idea that, you know, the government's saying none of this is real. It's all made up. We now know that in a month from now, the things I'm telling you right now, they're just going to make public they're going to make official is that there's stuff that scientific and i think dave hit it out of the ballpark when he said it is scientifically unexplainable and i think that's it that's the landmark change we're seeing things that are scientifically unexplainable and if they wanted to notify us that they would like to read said article where would they might possibly do that jason we can do this at this tiny little known email address that only paris really uses Known as Ask Dave and Jason at Excite.com because, well, god damn it, ET's exciting. So let's let's change course for our last topic of the week and go from aliens are fascinating to zombies are stupid. Um, and I don't mean zombies in any in any realm or fashion they uh, have given us some great pieces of entertainment over the years uh i've heard great things about the last of us games i've never played them um just because i've, I've had i have not had a playstation that has been capable of it um but uh you know obviously walking dead has become part of the, the cultural zeitgeist and you know so so zombies can be great for storytelling and they certainly provide that other that can then be used as like a mirror to look upon you know humanistic society and it's plus and minuses but i'll tell you where zombies are dumb jason zombies are dumb in a fucking wrestling ring unless it was maybe lucha underground and i don't think even they ever didn't went that route but it's especially dumb when it's the wwe because they fuck up everything mm-hmm. so i would like to before we go into zombies jason 
let's go back a few months when you were visiting California to wed our dear friend Cody, not as his spouse, but as the... That should have happened, by the way. Yeah, as the um, purveyor of ceremonies, and then nearly burned their wedding down to the ground. Um, That was just psychic energy. uh Uh-huh. Anyway, so anyway, Jason was in Los Angeles, folks, and he and I were catching up in person, not on Skype, and uh, there was a WWE pay-per-view event that evening, and I had the WWE Network. It was like, hey, for old times, let's flip this on. Let's take a look at this for a second. Watch wrestling like the old days. And I don't remember which event it was. It was the one that was supposed to be, it was main evented by Edge and Randy Orton in the greatest wrestling match The greatest match wrestling ever. match ever. I've still never seen it because I never watched a minute of the show after we saw what we saw. We turned on this fucking television. And there is a, what is supposed to be a World Tag Team title match that instead has ninjas running all over the fucking screen. And I seriously think we gave this like maybe 10 seconds. And then it was like, nope, we're done click never seen another second of that event ever since then this is every bit on par with that so at wrestlemania backlash this past week thanks fucking peacock i'm sure that was a peacock request to get more out of the brand name they just spent billions of dollars to get the rights to anyway at backlash i'm not calling it wrestlemania backlash again at backlash there was a match between The Miz and Damian Priest. Damian Priest, who has the potential to be one of their biggest stars for the next few years. They put them in a lumberjack match, and because Dave Batista, and this is nothing against Batista, he thought this was stupid, which I thought was fucking hilarious. As soon as I saw this, I'm like, oh, Batista's not going not gonna, to uh, have truck for this. And sure enough, he was all over Twitter saying what a fucking embarrassment it was. Um, so Batista's in a movie coming up that looks intriguing. He's on Netflix, directed by Zack Snyder. I believe it's uh, Army of the Dead, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so it involves zombies. So they, I guess, wanted to do a cross-promotion with WWE, And Batista was smart enough to not put himself anywhere near any of this shit. He's like, no, I ain't fucking doing this. So instead, what WWE did is they took whatever money they got paid for this, and they made a lumberjack match between Damian Priest and The Miz with a bunch of fucking zombies surrounding the ring. What, Dave, for our listeners that might not know, can you explain what a lumberjack match is? Traditionally, a lumberjack match is if you don't want wrestlers to fight outside of the ring or if you don't want outside interference to come into the ring, you surround the ring with wrestlers. Typically, half of them are babyface, half of them are heel. And then the the psychology or the story of the match is always like the bad guy will throw the, the good guy out to the bad guy side of the ring and the bad guys will beat him up instead of just throwing him back in the ring like they're supposed to. And then, you know, he gets thrown to the good side of the ring and the good guys will kind of help him up and kind of, you know instead of throwing him right back in the ring and, and vice versa. And then eventually the Lumberjacks will probably just start brawling with each other at ringside and then you go into the finish. They're not typically great, but there is a formula that you can follow to at least make them watchable. This didn't do that. Instead, the match ended with the zombies fucking eating the Miz. I'm not even making this up. And John Morrison, who is presumed dead, though he showed up on Monday Night Raw without a scratch on him. And then they don't mention this for the rest of the show. And here's the thing. It's not like these were lumberjacks, lumberjacks, quote unquote, like wrestlers outside of the ring that were dressed like zombies to, you know, just tie into the movie. I could actually live with that. No, in WWE lore, these were actual, real, living, dead 
breathing zombies that Dave Batista had somehow sent to the arena because... And Batista, like, got all sorts of hate about this on Twitter. And he's like, blame Vince! He's like, I'm on a fucking airplane! You think I booked this shit? So, WWE is a dumpster fire in of itself. This was total fucking garbage. The bad news is the rest of the show was actually great. Yeah, it was. They had some great matches on that show. Roman Reigns and Cesaro tore the house yeah. down. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair and Asuka had a really good match. I really liked Bailey, Bianca Belair. Like, they had uh, the triple threat. I'm not a big fan of triple threat matches in general, but uh, Drew McIntyre and um, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley had a good one. Like, they had some great, like, wrestling matches on this show. But that's not all what the show will be remembered for. All anyone is talking about is the zombies. And much like I never watched Edge Orton greatest wrestling match ever, not because I heard it was bad, I heard it was great. But I just never could get myself to go back to watching that show again. You have uh, Roman Reigns, who's been really one of their MVPs, and Cesaro, who's getting the biggest opportunity he had ever had in his career. And they have to go on after fucking zombies and try to make this look serious and that they actually care about what they're what they're doing. What's the point? Well, it's time for the old man to put the pencil down. It's just one more fucking sign. And the deal is that Dave Batista probably was contractually obligated or at least wanted to help out in some way. So before backlash happened, and this is funny that the fucking event is called Backlash because there sure as shit was a lot of backlash from mainstream media even, for Christ's sake. Oh, it's good shit, pal. Oh, it's good shit. It's going to be good TV. Anyway, Dave, on a, on his Twitter account, he tweeted out, I watched uh, Backlash night. Some of my friends are going to be there. So they do the thing where, you know, someone goes and looks in the dressing room before the match and there's there's, there's, there's zombies everywhere and they're done up perfectly. Great makeup. They look like fucking zombies. Perfect. They Walk look around. like they're coming from Hollywood Horror Nights at Universal. They're, they're like done very well. And and so the thing is, like, that, that segment ends and in, as a viewer, you're thinking... Okay, well, they got that was cool. They got that little promotional Dave Batista said they're going to be friends, quote unquote, and his show of the, the zombie movies coming up. So, okay, that was cute. That was really kind of cool. Okay. And then you get to the match. Oh, no. The fucking match had actual goddamn zombies as the men that were shoving the two wrestlers back in, and they were to treat them as if it was the end of the world and zombies were coming to eat them as well. Yeah, they, they never shoved them back into the ring. They chased no. them back into the ring by trying to eat them. By trying to Meanwhile, eat them, which, which ultimately they did. While simultaneously having to act like they were incapable of entering the ring themselves until after the match was over. So they were very rule-abiding zombies as far as how the rules of a lumberjack match are supposed to work. Yeah. And then Damian Priest, like Miz, they always put him in goofy shit. And I'm not saying this against the Miz, like he he does the best with what he can with what he's given sometimes. But Damian Priest had to sell this shit to where he and Miz had to fight together at one point against the zombie horde. This was fucking 
horrible in every way, shape, and form. At the end of the year, any wrestling worst of list is going to have this listed at least as an honorable mention if it is not the absolute award winner. Well, the, the New York Post actually has an article about the WWE's saddest night. It is, and what's even funnier, as you alluded to, I love Dave Batista more and more every day. I love oh, give, this man. Give no fucks, Dave is the best day. I love post-wrestle wrestler Dave Batista. I fucking love this man. He is like the anti-rock. He's not trying to get your attention by being happy ass here. He's just him. He says what he's going to say. And literally his Twitter account blew up from fans going, what in the actual fuck is going on? And Dave can't, you know, he can't help himself. He's an emotional guy. Finally, one fan got to him and he just tweeted back out exactly what Dave said. Like, should you be contacting me about this poor booking? Contact Vince with this shit. I'm on a fucking plane, which, you know, honesty is in the minutia. You can't get it any better than I'm on a plane and you're twi- like, it was almost like Dave's like, do you want me to land the plane, oil up my body and go kick the shit out of the story writers? Like, what would you I like mean, me to who do? Who would not here? say yes to that question? I would fucking start watching <laughs> WWE again. If you actually saw Dave Batista beating the shit out of the back of the house crew and just saying this storyline sucks. This storyline sucks. Fuck you. Oh, I would start watching again, but give no fucks. Dave. He is awesome. Dave Batista is fucking awesome. And I'm sure he was like, just up in a plane, give me another one, just shaking his head at fucking Vince's poor fucking creative. But at any last rate, thing, it is, it is, last thing it is goddamn horrible. Last thing I'll say here, because we're, you know, we're over time and we got to go, but I will say like, it did no favors to the wrestling show as it ruined or at least tarnished what was otherwise a very strong effort in a age that they don't have many of them as far as the quality of the shows go and again that's related to the booking and the quote-unquote writing team not to the the talent or the matches themselves um so it did nothing for the wrestling show it did i'm about to sneeze and i'm trying to avoid it hold on one second (coughs) the zombies have made me physically ill jason that's how upset i'm getting it's okay it's the smartest comment you've given tonight go ahead thank you thank you thank you i try um but It did nothing for the wrestling show. It did nothing for the wrestlers on the show. It did nothing for the WWE's bottom line, who are already posting like a billion dollars in profit and had the most profitable year in the history of the fucking company over the last year. So it's not like they got paid some fuck ton that made a difference in keeping them in business. And it did nothing for Dave Batista's movie because it made the movie, which might otherwise be intriguing, look dumb. Why it is made I, have the a, movie I have a question look for you? Dumb. I have a question for you, and we gotta go. But I have a question: What is NBC's stake in in promoting a fucking Netflix movie anyway? How did that happen? WWE got paid to do it. Oh. It's because Batista. It's because Batista is a, a former you well, know yeah. WWE wrestler. I just would think and the NBC so would, Netflix- would say we're not doing that. But I don't. I don't know. I don't think NBC has the, I mean, they own Peacock, but I don't think, you know, WWE on their own pay-per-view, I don't think Peacock Mm. is dictating to them what their creative choices are. I think WWE got paid by Netflix or whoever the production company was, but probably Netflix to do this tie-in because like, well, I mean, they have a huge audience. Batista is one of their former biggest stars. Like, why would we not figure out a tie-in? Sure, sure. And this is what they fucking came up with. And it made what otherwise looked like an intriguing, like they did a tie-in in the beginning of the event where Batista narrated the opening show role. And it incorporated stuff from the movie along with the wrestling footage of the the matches that night and stuff. And I mean, it was a little hokey just because those things don't go well together, but it was as as well done as you're going to get. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I actually was not aware that this movie was coming out 
as soon as it was. Like, I'd heard of it. But it was like, all right, it's on my radar. I would, I'm interested in checking it out. It looks kind of like Gears of War-ish or something. Um, if they had left it at that, I would have been saying, hey, cool. All right. But, oh, my God. Like, this made the movie look Bush League. Like, this is the opposite of promotion. Good job, Vince. Once again, you suck a creative dick. Good job. And on that note, any final thoughts, Jason? No, I just want to say to all our listeners out there, thank you so very much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. If you love what we do, like I always say, telegram, telephone, and tell a motherfucking friend because we are here and we are here to stay. We are one day closer to dead. And on that note, I am Dave Beaudry. And I am still your Jason Bailey. And aliens are topical and zombies are fucking not. And we are one day closer to dead and that day is not and will not be today. So until next week, folks. Yeah.